You're listening to The Final Call with Chelsea Mendelson and Anthony Perrell. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 26 or season two, episode six of The Final Call with me, Chelsea Mendelson, alongside Anthony Ferrero, as always. And it is a big time for sports right now. You know, you still got the MLB in its offseason. WNBA free agency just started. Um, the NBA is like at its peak in the season right now. You got the All-Star game coming up and stuff like that. Uh, but I think, you know, the biggest thing right now in sports, obviously, coming up quick now, is the Super Bowl. And I'm not the biggest football fan, but I, I watch I watch my fair share of football. I'm probably like an average football fan, I would say. Um, and so, you know, you got the 49ers, you got the Chiefs. Anthony, let's talk. What are your initial thoughts on the matchup? And how do you think it's going to shake up? Yeah, so before we get into that, um, around this time last week, you know, maybe a little bit earlier in the night, I was prepared to come onto this podcast when we were going to talk football because we had talked about it. And I was prepared to rock with Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions, who yep. were up 24 to 7 at halftime, and yeah. give a rousing speech about how we were going to bite Taylor Swift's kneecaps. I was, I was about to do it, it was going to happen. And then, and then it went away. And then the Lions' hopes, they faded into the night. Uh, Dan Campbell bit his own kneecaps. And so uh, they're gone. They're no longer here. And so we are stuck with. Uh, it really is sad. And so we're mm-hmm. stuck with um, not the Super Bowl uh, I particularly wanted because uh, you and I had talked about it off the podcast. Wanted some new blood. Uh, the Chiefs have been in there for the past five years, which great for them. That's super awesome. But, you know, maybe some new blood on that side. And the Niners, they had been there, I believe it was, oh, shoot. I can't remember the year. But it was it was a few years ago it was this exact matchup. Uh, but the Niners have been. I think it was been, 2020. I think if that rings a bell. That could be it. I'm pretty sure. I'm like 99% sure it was 2020. That works. And then the Niners have always been around. So, you know, Lions, Ravens, some variation of that. Some new blood in there. Unfortunately, that's not what we got. Uh, it's Chiefs and Niners. And as far as uh, me, um, you know, option number one is the Niners. Option number two is the Chiefs. And uh, I'm rocking with option C, uh, the meteor striking the earth. That's the mm-hmm. one I want. Um, you're, you're going with option C, Usher at halftime. Yes, that's exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm there for Usher. Um, I'm excited to hear it. Last year, Rihanna, Queen. Um, I was ready for that one. I was there this year. It's Usher. I'm down. Let's I remember go. you being very excited for that. Very show. excited for Rihanna. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Usher. I'm pumped. You know, yeah. In a big time stadium. That's really going to get the crowd rocking. It's, it's going to be pretty. It's going to be pretty great. Yeah. Um. In all serious football talk, Um. as a Cardinals fan, I'm not really going to root for teams in their own division, mm-hmm. uh, which means I'm not rooting for the Niners. So. Um, I guess it's going to be the Chiefs. I do think Ugh. the Chiefs are going to win. Um, I believe in Mahomes and Kelsey, you know, aside from the Taylor Swift stuff, which is whatever. I don't think it's that big of a deal. It's um, really not. It's really not. I don't think no it's that No hate to Taylor deal. Swift. It's just no, like it has no impact great. on this game whatsoever. Um, she's great. I'm not angry about it, happy about it. And it, she's going to do some crazy stuff to get from Tokyo to the game, and it's going to be very entertaining. Absolutely. On that Kudos. aspect. Kudos to her. 
Um, mm. I'm probably rocking with the Chiefs, though. Mahomes, Kelsey, Reed. I trust them. You know, uh, Andy Reed with more than, you know, a week rest um, is fantastic. Um, so I believe uh, they're going to end up getting the job done. As far as rooting goes, again, option C, still on the board. But mm. uh, if you had to put um, a name, if I had to put a name to it, it would probably be the Chiefs. I may also put some money on the Chiefs. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> see how I'm feeling in the coming week. But I'm probably going to go Chiefs for me. You know, for me, there's a difference between who I am choosing, like who I think is going to win, who I would put my money on if I was a betting woman, um, and who I'm rooting for. Very different. True. And the Same. answer is two different teams. Um, I think it just makes sense for the Chiefs to win. Um, not even, I'm not like one of the people that's saying it's rigged. That's not, no, I, if, if it was, if it was rigged to get the Chiefs to this point, it was just so that Taylor Swift would bring the Swifties to watch the game. After that, it doesn't really matter. But regardless, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. All right. And, you know, that team is just incredible. They just flew through the playoffs. It felt like. Um, I really thought the Ravens were going to take them down and they didn't. And so I think the, honestly, I think the real Super Bowl was the Ravens versus Chiefs and the Chiefs won. And so I, I don't see that changing uh, come Super Bowl Sunday. However, like I said, who I'm rooting for is a different answer. Um, for those who don't know, Brock Purdy, who if you don't follow football and you listen to this podcast, um, is the quarterback for the Niners. Um, he was Mr. Irrelevant. So he was the very last pick in the entire draft. That's what they call it. I'm not just saying that. <laughs> they call that Mr. Irrelevant. It has a whole thing. He goes on like a tour. I don't know. It's like a whole thing every year. He was Mr. Irrelevant in his draft. And he, you know, there was the quarterbacks ahead of him got injured. He got the starting nod and has pretty much not lost it since then. He's been Really, really good, especially for a Mr. Irrelevant. I've I couldn't think of another Mr. Irrelevant that has been really in the ballpark of how well he's been playing. If there's one that I'm not thinking of, please let us know. But I don't think so. Um, and now he's led the Niners, and he's so young. I think he's gonna end up being the third youngest starting quarterback in a Super Bowl. It's it's top three. It's second or third. I saw it today. It's either two or three. Um, so that's really awesome. And also on top of all of that. He's from Arizona. He went to Perry High School in Gilbert. So I love that. I love his story. And so I'm rooting for the Niners all the way. Also, one of my best friends is a Niners fan, and my dad is a Niners fan. So on top of that, have to root for the Niners. Um, but also a couple of my best friends are Chiefs fans. So maybe that's not a great reason. I'm, I'm rooting for Brock Purdy. That's who I'm rooting for. Also, the Niners carried my fantasy team this year. I got third. I think I got third. I'm pretty sure I got third place. Um, and that was thanks to George Kittle and Debo Samuel. So shout out to them for helping my fantasy team succeed. Um, so yeah, 49ers for me. But am I expecting them to win? No. It would be a fantastic story on so many levels, though, if they did. Um, but I just don't see the Chiefs' uh, role stopping anytime soon. And what's crazy about that is the Niners are actually favored to yeah. win the game. And I just um, don't. Agreed. Which every, everyone <laughs> just kind of set back and we're like, huh, that doesn't sound right. 
Yeah. And still, you know, the line originally opened at uh, uh, minus one and a half for the Niners. Uh, and I believe at one point it might still be this. I don't know. But it did push to uh, minus two and a half uh, for the Niners. So, yeah, it, despite what everyone who, you know, has been kind of watching these playoffs and knows football seems to think, uh, Vegas seems to favor the Niners. So we'll see what Interesting. happens as the week goes on. I would love it, but I, I don't know. I don't know. It's honestly, for me, it's pretty close to being 50-50, which I feel like in the past few Super Bowls that the Chiefs have been a part of, that has not been the case. Um, but I feel like this time it's like, I don't know. Honestly, I could see it going either way. So we're going to have to see come Super Bowl Sunday. And I, I think that's pretty much as far as that conversation really goes when it comes to uh, the NFL. Um, so I think before we get into our usual basketball talk, Anthony's going to get us into our usual baseball offseason talk. Um, one of those subjects being very near and dear to my heart towards the end there. But um, go go ahead and, and go into it. What are the, What's the free agency moves? What's the trades? Let us know. Yeah, so first things first, we're actually going to start at a an ownership change. And this mm -hmm. is big news because we talked about the Baltimore Orioles and John Angelos, the Angelos family, earlier on in the life of the podcast. Go check out that yep. episode. Talk about the announcer, Kevin Brown. Very getting, passionate in that episode. Getting suspended <laughs> by the team. Very short suspension. It was like a game. Barely. It was barely anything. But It was indefinite it was, at first, though. Yes. And it, it yeah. should not have been a thing because mm -mm. he basically said that um, the Rays had beaten the Orioles a lot lately, which is true. Um, yeah. But, you know, John Angelos, uh, rumor was he didn't like it because it made him look cheap. The truth is he was cheap. Uh, so yeah. um, it didn't take these comments to let anyone know he was cheap. Um, the way his teams had played and how he was not spending any money for a number of years kind of gave that away. Uh, with yeah. that being said, um, Johnny Angelos is no is working on. I'll say that I don't want to say he's no longer the owner. It's, it's a process, um, mm. but he has agreed to sell uh, the Baltimore Orioles to a couple of different guys, which are part of you know private equity. So you know, um, stock market type stuff. They got that big old uh, stock market money, hedge fund money type stuff. Yep. So kudos to them. Um, the deal values the franchise at $1.725 billion. That is a billion with a B, billion dollars. Uh, would you think of a team like the Baltimore Orioles? Um, you haven't won a lot lately. Um, I believe their last, you know, really solid, really awesome year was 2015 or 2016. Since then, they've kind of tapered off a little bit. Like I said, John Angelos just wasn't spending money. The team was just churning out poor product year after year. And then lately, they've made really solid draft picks. Really good. Uh, 2022, they improved a lot. But they just missed the playoffs. 2023, they finished this year, won the AL East. Finished over 100 wins. Massive turnaround. It was fantastic. They have the best farm system in baseball. So they're going to continue to be good. And now with new ownership, hopefully they're going to spend some more money. So that's a solid plus there. Before we continue on, because there is more Orioles news. Um, Chelsea, thoughts on Jan John Angelos 
moving on uh, and the Orioles coming under new ownership? I think if you're an Orioles fan, this is the best news that you have gotten in a very long time. Um, I think he was, although like we've talked about multiple times on this podcast, the Orioles are really good this season. That's not anything to do with how Angelos has handled this organization. He has made poor choice after poor choice, has been publicly cheap, and all of a sudden got offended by it when a commentator said something that had nothing to do with how he spends money. But anyway, that was already resolved. But I'm still, you know, I think of that guy and I think of that situation. But anyway, um, this is fantastic news for the Orioles. Um, This gives them such a brighter future than they had. Because like you said, best farm system in baseball is not even debatable, honestly. And yeah, to be able to have those guys are going to be really good in the future. But now you have ownership that's hopefully, ideally, planning on spending money because that's what you should do as a baseball team owner. Um, Really, really, really good stuff for the Orioles. Um, Honestly, excited now to watch like what decisions their ownership makes Um, because a lot of times in all the leagues um, most recently comes to mind is the Suns and the NBA is um, you know when a new owner takes over a team they want to make a big splash really quickly and so you wonder what that'll look like for the Orioles but I don't think they need to change a whole lot with how good their team was but you still might see that happen for the ownership to kind of um, cement themselves in the organization that's kind of just a typical thing um in sports um but yeah really exciting um obviously i'm not an orioles fan but if i was i would be jumping off the walls because angelos had to go or that team was just gonna keep doing the same thing over and over again of as soon as a guy needs to get a paycheck you just hasta vista get get rid of you off our team because we don't want to spend money um and so to have owners that hopefully do spend money would be really good and honestly, if they do end up spending money, you're seeing the Orioles contend sooner rather than later. I think one of the other really cool things about this ownership change is part of the new Orioles ownership group is the Iron Man himself, Cal Ripken Jr. If you're not familiar with baseball, Cal Ripken holds the record for um, the longest games played streak um, all around by everyone's kind of standards, what everyone says. Great guy, was a, an amazing baseball player. He's a Hall of Famer, Orioles legend. So for a legend of the team to now be part of the ownership group, it's going to go a long way because Cal Ripken Jr. can speak to the Orioles fan base and what they're about and what they want. And it, I think it's very going to, it's going to keep it kind of home style almost a little bit, uh, but that's a really good part of it. Chelsea, you mentioned, Owners like to make a splash move. Well, they've already done it. The day after the Orioles' ownership change kind of goes down, the Orioles finally, finally make a big-time trade. This was this was the big knock on the Orioles' front office, and part of this was on ownership, but a big knock on the front office was you have the best farm system in baseball by far. By mm-hmm. like unequivocally, you are number one. So trade some of your prospects and go get some better players right now, so you can win right now. Right. Like if you're if you're over a hundred wins every year, cool. But if you can't get yourself over the hump, 
Like, it's cool. It's awesome. Be good for 10 years in a row. But if you have no trophy to show for it, then, like, what are you doing? So that was, that was the yep. big gripe. And then they go out. They finally make the move. Um, and this, they go and get Corbin Burns from the Milwaukee Brewers, um, who really just has one de- one year left on his deal. And then he will either re-sign, be a free agent. We'll kind of see. Um, you would think money-wise, he's not going to stay in Baltimore. However, with the new ownership, could they keep him? We'll kind of see how that plays out over the now over the course of the next year. But uh, they get Corbin Burns. They give up uh, Joey Ortiz, who's a shortstop most likely, um, who is a good prospect, top ten prospect in the Orioles system, and DL Hall, who was a former really nice prospect, has been in the bullpen last season, was really good but might transition into a starter because that's what they thought he could be. Um, so there, and they actually also get the 34th pick in the draft. So they get a draft pick as well, which for baseball is not common at all. Um, there's some behind the scenes stuff that kind of goes down with that, but you don't normally see picks in baseball trades. Um, but that being said, it is a nice get back for the Brewers. Um, I'm not really going to discuss that. I want to talk about the meat. Of the situation, that's Corbin Burns um, to add to a good Baltimore rotation. But adding Burns makes it that much better. Um, Corbin Burns has been a guy that's always flirted with the Cy Young Award. Has always played really well. His numbers are really good. So to see a situation like this where he goes to Baltimore, he's kind of their ace now. But they have really good guys on their staff. They have a youngster in Grayson Rodriguez who is just a flamethrower at the starting pitching spot, as well as a lot of other guys down that rotation who should fit in really well with Corbin Burns being their ace. So um, that is the big move kind of set in motion by uh, the new ownership. Yeah, I saw that move, and I just didn't know if it was before or after the ownership moved over. But yeah, there you go. Exactly what I talked about of a new ownership group trying to be like, hey, this is what we can do. This is what we're doing. Uh, and they do it. And yeah, that's exactly what you got to do when you have a good farm system is move those prospects so that you can win now when you're already winning now. Add to it so you can win even more. That's exactly what they need to do. Fantastic move from them. Already very promising for this ownership, but it's very much too soon to make any big assumptions yet. But it seems it seems good. Um, so yeah, I mean, not much else to say other than that. It's a good move for them. Uh, it keeps them at the top of the league so yeah good good stuff from the new ownership group already yeah for sure moving quickly to the Seattle Mariners who have been in a really weird spot they made some trades earlier in the year to kind of shed some salary it didn't look promising it was very negative offseason very much negative discourse around social media surrounding the Mariners and what they were going through and what the ownership was trying to do uh, their GM put out a very weird comment about we're trying to win 54% of the games every year, which should not be what your front office says about a team. You should be wanting to win more than that. That should not be common. His comments came off as, well, we can't possibly win that many games every year. So we're just trying to get to 54%. And no, that is not what your fan base wants to hear. That's not what your players want to hear. Um, but they do make a trade here, which makes them a lot better. So while they were shedding salary early, 
This move here for Jorge Polanco from the Twins is very impressive considering they get a second baseman. And if you're the Mariners or you're a Mariners fan, you know you've been very thin at the second base spot. You have a lot of guys there who are really just utility guys. You don't want to put one of those guys as an everyday guy at second base. So you get Polanco. He's going to hit. He hit really well for Minnesota this year. He's going to hit well, likely, for the Mariners. He plays really solid defense. It's going to be a good get for them. Going back to the Twins, you get Anthony Discalfani, who, if you remember a couple episodes ago, we talked about the Robbie Ray trade to the Giants. The Mariners got Discalfani from there. They move him to the Twins. They also move Justin Topa, who's a really good reliever, to the Twins. So the Twins' bullpen gets even stronger. Uh, and then a couple prospects in addition to that. But the Mariners much improve at the second base position. They get better. Uh, and the Twins get better on the pitching side of things, which I think is going to work. Um, and it fills, or it leaves, excuse me, it leaves a second base spot open for Edward Julien to kind of fill that role. He was really solid last year. So to see him in a more everyday role should be good for the Twins. Moving on from there, the big news that affects all the gamers out there, MLB The Show 24 announced the cover athlete, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., or Vladdy Jr., um, is going to be the cover athlete, first baseman for the Toronto Blue Jays. If you recognize the name, he is the son of former major leaguer Vladimir Guerrero, who played for the Montreal Expos when they were a team. He was big time for the Angels through the early 2000s. Um, Vladimir Guerrero Sr., won the home run derby junior won the home run derby this past year in 2023 so a lot of bloodlines and connections there um, but he is the cover athlete he's been one of the top first basemen in the league if you look at some of the underlying stuff he's not maybe as productive as he should be per se uh, but he still puts up big time numbers it hasn't quite translated into the postseason yet um, but nonetheless, he's a cover athlete, so kudos to Vladdy for that. Yeah, and honestly, this it, it feels like it took them too long to put him on the cover. There was people um, arguing between putting him and Shohei on the cover when Shohei was on the cover in 22. Um, so, yeah, on, honestly, I'm surprised they didn't do it already. They finally get to it, and it looks good. The cover looks really, really good. They they're always hitting the 23 cover was so good. Um, they they unlike a lot of sports games, they don't um, they always step up something in their game every single year. Um, and the cover is always great. They're always adding features. They're always adding different modes. I love it. That's why I continue to play MLB the show. Um, they actually care about their game. This isn't a game podcast, but Vladdy needed to be on there. I could go on and on about video games and what's wrong with sports video games. Um, but MLB The Show is awesome. Um, if you have Game Pass on Xbox like I do, you get it included as soon as it comes out, which is not like that for pretty much any other game, like big game like this, um, especially a sports game. Uh, so yeah, just it's great. The cover looks good. I already have MLB The Show pre-installed. I'm ready for 24. 23 was great. 22 was great. 21 was great. Um, they're just putting out bangers. 
And Vladdy needed to be on the cover a while ago. He finally is. So congrats to him. The cover looks awesome. And if you like video games and you have even a mild interest in baseball, um, MLB The Show is not always an awesome game. Sony always kills it. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, on that topic real fast, um, I know for me especially, MLB The Show really grows your knowledge of the sport. A hundred percent. So if you are, you know, borderline into baseball or you want to get more into baseball and you're not sure how, get MLB The Show, um, regardless of how, whether it's, you know, a player type thing or road to the show, or you want to do a franchise type deal, however you want to do it, um, you're going to learn a lot about baseball, regardless mm -hmm. of how you want to play the game. So highly recommend it uh, for yeah. both of us. Uh, yeah, We're not sponsored, by the way, but we should be. We should. I, I'm I'm down. Sony, hit me up. I'll, Sony, I, San Diego Studios, come on. Talk Send to my people. Send us San Diego. Let's go. Talk. Let's go right now. Talk um, to my no, people. but seriously, MLB the show, I would say is is responsible for about eighty five percent of my baseball knowledge, and the other fifteen percent has come from this podcast. Um, so no, but seriously, I, I've learned so much from MLB the show. Also, I played a ton of MLB The Show when I found out I was going to commentate softball last year, um, just to kind of hear, you know, what what they kind of sound like, like what the speed is, what the, like, you know, inflections in your voice should be, that kind of thing. Um, it, the commentary is pretty good in MLB The Show. It's not the best of any sports game ever played, um, but I've learned a lot from those guys. They have a lot of really fun, like, trivia about some of the star players in the league, which is really fun. Um, but yeah, I've learned a lot from MLB the show. So if you're even slightly interested in baseball and you like video games, I would definitely give it a try, especially if you already have game pass on Xbox, you can just install it. It's already included. So 10 out of 10 would recommend MLB the show to anybody. It's so fun, especially to make your own player. And it's not one of those pay to win games. Like you actually have to play the game to be good at the game, which is awesome. And you can't say the same about a lot of other games like that. So Yes, would recommend MLB The Show. Very excited for 24. That's coming up. I think it's the beginning of March that it comes out. Um, so, yes, very, very excited for that. I love MLB The Show. Um, yeah, it should be good. And, yeah, like like we talked about, the Vladdy cover looks great. Great choice of athlete. No complaints. Yeah, um, uh, with that being said, uh, that, that'll wrap up the baseball portion yep. of stuff. So we can move yep. to basketball, starting with... You know, Chelsea, one of the weirdest trades so far. Yeah, yeah. I I saw it pop up on my phone. I was driving somewhere, and I was like, am I, am I reading that correctly? The Grizzlies traded away Steven Adams, who has been kind of one of the faces of that franchise for a few years. Um, and they trade him to the Rockets for draft picks and Victor Oladipo um really strange trade um you and i were talking about it before the podcast anthony it's sort of and you said it it's sort of to set the grizzlies up for next year because the grizzlies had a game i think it was yesterday they had 13 players that are injured they have multiple guys on hardship contracts hardship contracts are something you almost only hear about in the WNBA, and it's like consistent because they have less roster spots the NBA, you almost never hear about a hardship contract. The last time I heard about a hardship contract was the season after the um, bubble season 
where they like still had a ton of t COVID protocols and stuff like that. And so a whole bunch of guys would get COVID and you'd have a hardship contract. That was actually the first time I'd ever heard of a hardship contract in the NBA. So the fact they have guys on those 10 days right now is like absurd. The Grizzlies are just, they're really going through it right now. You know, we talked about John Morant's season ending injury on the podcast. Um, Steven Adams hasn't played at all this season. Um, yeah. And they trade to the Rockets, which is just, yeah, I think it's just a, it's just a clear salary space, but what a weird trade. And also, to trade a guy that has been so loyal and passionate about your team and the guys around him, it's just it's it's sad to watch that happen. I hate watching that happen. It's it gives me the same vibe as like when the Suns traded Mikhail Bridges. Obviously, that was for a much bigger deal than this for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't like it. I, I guess I get it from the salary aspect, but what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. So it's, it's Steven Adams to the Rockets for Victor Ladipo in three second round picks. Two of those second rounders are in 2024 and the last one is in 2025. Um, but this literally is a move for next year for really both of these teams. You mentioned it. Steven Adams has been done for the year. He hasn't played at all. He got injured. Um, however, he is under contract for next season where he will play for the Rockets. Um, so one of the street is uh, Houston liked his toughness and what he brought to the team, um, along with Coach Ime Udoka, kind of fits that type of player he wants to have. So that works for the Rockets once he's back healthy. Uh, and the Grizzlies, you know, they're rebalancing their team this year was a lost year due to all the injuries, not just Stephen Adams, but it was Marcus Smart, who they got in a trade from Boston. It was John Morant suspended and then injured. It was Desmond Bain who got injured. It's all these big-name guys, and then they're down there in the West right now, so they really have to kind of punt on the season. They get some draft picks back. They get off of Stephen Adams' money in the future. And they kind of rebalance their team as whatever they see fit Whatever moves they want to make, this kind of jump starts that look into next year. When I first saw it, I thought it was just a move for the future for both of these teams. I think this is really going to impact Houston next year. Obviously, they're not getting anyone this year because Stephen Adams is hurt. To have him in the building, I think, could really help, even though he is hurt this year. But is it going to play for them? It's more of a so-so trade because these teams aren't super close either. I believe the Rockets, as of this recording, are the 11 seed, and the Grizzlies are either the 12 or the 13. Oh, well, I'm leaning toward the 13. Um, but point is, um, they're both down there. They're not really in contention. They're outside of the play-in tournament as of this recording. So not a whole lot looking forward to there. She's just a tree really setting up the future. And that's pretty much it. But the future with Steven Adams in Houston is really bright. That's a super young team. Steven Adams brings you a fantastic veteran presence. Um, just an all-around great guy. Like I said, really loyal guy, really passionate for the game. Um, really is always sticking by his teammates. Um, and he's just a fun like character to have in the locker room. Great locker room guy. Um, the definition of a glue guy. Um, awesome for the for the Rockets to get him. Obviously, like you said, and, and like I said, he's not playing this season. 
Um, I don't think he would be able to help them much this year anyway. I think it's kind of too little too late. But like I said, one of the youngest teams in the league, you get a veteran like Steven Adams. Um, I mean, I just hope they don't take it for granted because he's going to be such a fantastic leader for them. And with a lot of the stuff that happened like preseason and last season with that team and also some of the faces that you have in that locker room, they could really use a glue guy like Steven Adams. So great stuff for them. Um, but yeah, Grizzlies sort of just salary. They're hitting the reset button a little bit. Um, obviously still have guys like jaw and triple J. Um, and they also have a fantastic, like, I don't know what you call it in the NBA, but like they're the guys that they're pulling out of the G league, um, have been really good. The guys that they're storing on their G league team are really good. Um, so the future is bright for the Grizzlies. It just, this is not their season. Um, and that's, I don't think it was super surprising to anybody with how last season went. Um, and the fact that jaw didn't even play until much later in the season and then was injured very shortly after. Um, so yeah, it's, I, I think if you had to pick a winner in this trade, it's the Rockets, but at the same time, the Grizzlies do a great job to build up. So it, it's kind of a win-win situation for those teams, but I definitely was not expecting that at all. I didn't, I don't even think that there was any rumors going around. They were going to deal Steven Adams at all. So it was, yeah, it felt really random. It wasn't something that there were, you know, rumors about. Um, but something that was heavily talked about before it was announced were the All-Star Reserves. Um, very, uh, every year, they're very, you know, arguable. We talked about it in the last episode, I think it was, when they announced the All-Star Starters. Of, yeah, you can't really argue it. Like, it makes sense. Like, all these guys add up. And we said in that episode, it's when the Reserves come out. That we might have some words. Um, so I think we're going to give those words. Um, so how do how should we do this? Should we break um, down I, I So what I'm thinking is I have the list in front of me. Um, I can give them to you. We'll go east and then we can do west. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, and then if you have, if there are any names that stand out to you as far as snubs or guys that should be here, um, you let sure. me know. I will okay. say this. Um I can't think of many. Yeah. Um, I actually, I saw a list someone said. Yeah. I know there's some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll run through the names and then um, you give your thoughts first. Uh, We'll start in the Eastern conference. Mm -hmm. The reserves are Jalen Brunson. Duh. Jalen Brown. Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Paolo Bencaro. Okay. Bam Adebayo. Duh. Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. And then Julius Randle, who is currently injured. So they may need yeah. a sub for him, but Randle makes it there. So your thoughts mm-hmm. on that? I don't have a lot. I think, you know, like I said, when you ran through it, like Jalen Brunson, duh. Obviously, he could have started. He arguably could have been a starter. He has been playing so well for the Knicks. I just watched a video today about his story of how his dad's an assistant. His dad used to play for the Knicks. Um, You know, just he has a fantastic story. And he was so underrated when he first came into the league. And Dallas just kind of let him walk to New York. Um, And he's been fantastic in the big city. So, you know, not a surprise at all that he's on here. Like I said, he arguably could have started. But he just the starters this year are just so good. Other than that, I think the main name that sort of 
popped out at me was Paulo Bencaro. He's been playing really well, but I think there's, and, and Tyrese Maxey too, are the two names to me that I feel like maybe you could get another guy in there. Um, what what were your th- initial thoughts? Yeah, so for me, Tyrese Maxey um, is a guy that I think also, if you look just at his numbers, um, honestly could have been a starter. Um, yeah. Some of his numbers are just, Absolutely bonkers. And so that Maxi made sense to me. And I think if you think about it, like normally when you see Ben Caro and he plays for the Magic, you're like, really? A Magic player? The, well, the Ma- Magic are a, not bad. That's what I'm saying. As yeah. supporting the Magic of the seven seed. Mm-hmm. So I think what you're seeing um, is a lot of recognition for these teams. All of the um, top eight teams in the East are all represented by an all-star. Um, and I'm not going to go down the list, but everyone with the Magic having Bancaro in there, um, they're all represented by an all-star. Um, the only guy who did not make it where you could have an argument would be Jimmy Butler. Yeah. Um, but it's regular season Jimmy Butler um, right. who is nev- who is not as good as postseason Jimmy Butler. If you yeah. don't follow basketball, postseason Jimmy is a thing. Is is a he plays at an thing. MVP level as soon as the playoffs start, and before that, he's just in the know. regular season. You're like, wow, the Heat, like right now, the Heat are the eight seed. It's like, wow, the yeah. Heat should be better than the eight seed. Come postseason, it's like, oh, the Heat. We have to play the Heat. We don't want to do that. No one um, wants to. Do so that. yeah, so we'll <laughs> yeah, so we'll. I I'm okay with the East. Like I said, I don't yeah. I don't think there are any issues with the Heat. I think there might be some gripes in the West. Um, and if you're you're ready to, I can move on there now. If you're yeah, ready. I, I mean, I, I think the East it makes sense. Um, I don't think anything is crazy. I think yeah, Jimmy Butler is the only guy that seems like sort of a snub, but at the same time, it's like I don't know. Like it makes sense. It makes sense. It all it all it all adds up. Like I don't think anyone was counted out that absolutely should be there. And like I said, Julius Randle right now is hurt. So they may get a replacement in that case. Um, Moving on to the West. um, Steph Curry, Kawhi Mm -hmm. Leonard, Mm -hmm. Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, Paul George, Anthony Edwards, and Devin Booker are going to be your reserves. So Chelsea, your thoughts right off the bat on those names. I honestly think... The most obvious snub here is James Harden. But at the same time, I'm not sure who you put in his place. Or like who you put him in for instead. Um, I, I just, the league is loaded right now. Like This is a great time to watch basketball. I love that Devin Booker made it because I really didn't think he was going to. I think the Suns fans pulled through right in the end and got him a few extra votes. And also the players are watching him destroy people on a daily basis. So obviously he needed to be voted in by the players. Um, But yeah, I think that was the main snub that I noticed. And also I saw people on social media talking about is James Harden is playing at an all-star level. But again, who do you take out and put him instead? Because it's certainly not Devin Booker. It's certainly not Steph Curry. It's not Anthony Davis. So at that point, you know, not, it's not Kawhi. And it's not Paul George, his teammates. So I just, I don't know. I don't know who you put. Not Ant. I think that's pretty much all of them. So so the name that I originally, or the names that I kind of saw were actually not um, James Harden. 
Um, and it basically boils down to any player from the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. Um, whether that is the Aaron Fox or DeMontis Sabonis, pick one. Um, yeah. Neither one are represented here. Uh, as of this recording, the Kings are the five seed, um, which, you know, I think should mean something. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, they're the five seed. The Suns are below them at the six seed, which isn't that bad. Uh, the Mavericks are the eight seed, but obviously Luke is going to make it. The Lakers are the nine, but, you know, with the way LeBron and Anthony Davis have played, they make it. Um, and the Warriors are the 12th seed. Again, Steph Curry is Steph Curry, but they're all the way down at the 12th. I, I just think, you know, we went to the West. All the top eight seeds have representation. Um, if, you know, if you go out to the West, um, two teams in the top eight do not have representation at all. Um, and that would be the Kings and then the Pelicans. But I think the Kings misses um, are a little more egregious. Um, and so while I do not have their stats pulled up in front of me, yeah, um, I do think one Kings player, um, take your pick, um, could the argument could be made to have one of these guys representing here. Um, and ultimately, like, I don't really know who it comes down to. Right. It just kind of is your poison. Do you really care about standings? And so does Steph get the boot? Um, do you care about games played? And so does a guy who hasn't played as many, maybe like a Devin Booker or who isn't, you know, we saw what he did the past week and a half. But if you look at some of his games, they're a little underwhelming. Do you stand right. him for that? Do you look at, you know, the Clippers and the T-Wolves and say, you've got two people. Do you only get one guy in per se? I don't really know how you do it. Uh, but the Kings guys, I think, you know, the Kings are a really good team. They're the five seed right now. Um, so I think their their names are worth mentioning here. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I lo- have loved watching the Kings the last couple of seasons. Um I think, yeah, I, I would say I would put Sabonis in, and it's a little bit of a snub, I would say, that that neither him nor uh, De'Aaron get in. Um, but, you know, I think you, you said it pretty well. Uh, I think standings should be pretty important because, you know, at the end of the day, it's team sport. Um, and so if you're playing really well, but your team is the 12 seed, like Steph Curry, then maybe, yeah, he should get the boot. But at the same time, he's Steph Curry. He is probably number two in the league for like most like biggest household name in the sport of basketball right now of current players. That is obviously Michael Jordan is top two. Um, But so him and LeBron are always going to make the all-star game. It doesn't matter if their team is 15th in the West. It it doesn't matter. They're going to make the all-star game because voting. Um, But yeah. I think I think the market size for a lot of these teams is a big reason why you're seeing multiple Clippers get in, multiple Celtics get in, um, the Suns getting two. I don't remember the last time that has happened, um, but I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, what I'm saying is, you know, I think a big part of the Kings snub is market size and market value. Um, I know their fans are passionate enough that they definitely got the votes. It may have been from other players or maybe they really didn't get enough fan votes. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. One of those guys should be in. And I think at the end of the day, maybe you take Steph Curry out, which is crazy because his stats are really, really good. And he's Steph Curry, but 
I think that makes the most sense to me. Um, yeah, it, yeah, big snub, I would say, that neither neither of those King stars got in. Yeah, so that was, you know, the All-Star Reserves. But some news came down recently. We're actually going to get, I mentioned Julius Randle's likely going to need a replacement. But we're going to need another replacement. And this one is big, folks. Joel Embiid, the uh, MVP last year, and who's putting up even better numbers this year, so was potentially on his way to his second MVP, has been derailed by injuries again, this time having issues with his left meniscus. Some say, oh, it's close to like a tear. Others say it's not really a tear. There's just, you know, it's messed up. There's some gunk in there. Either way, he is going to need a procedure on it and a Timetable has yet to really be established, but the word is an extended amount of time. He seems like he could be back by the playoffs before the end of the regular season, yeah. but he's going to miss a lot of time, and that really hurts the 76ers' chances at a lot of stuff. Yeah, it seems like the last forever, actually, the 76ers just have the worst luck especially when it comes to injuries or draft busts. Um, yeah, it's just a tough break for them, especially, like you said, the level that Joel has been playing um, and how the 76ers in general have been playing. It's a huge blow to them that now he's going to miss even more time when I think it was just the 76ers' last game before this came out that he was going to miss all this time and he needed surgery. Um, that it was the last game that he could miss and still be in contention for end season awards, um, which is a big deal. Um, that was something that was set into place, I believe, in the most recent offseason, um, that there's rules now to try to combat players being rested, um, star players being rested during the regular season, that they have to play a certain amount of games in order to be in contention for awards like MVP, All-NBA, stuff like that. And the reason that is important, especially All-NBA, is um, when you get those recognitions, you get more money um, when your contract is up. And so, unfortunately, Joel is already out of contention for MVP now um, because of the games that he has missed. And now he's going to miss even more, which is... I would say almost undoubtedly going to result in the 76ers dropping in the standings a little bit. And then you wonder, okay, he comes back by playoff time, but who are they playing? Because now they're a lower seed. So are they going to have to face, you know, a, a two or three seed, someone like Boston um, or the, you know, a different top team, the Bucks? Um, and that sucks. That would be a really tough, you know, first round matchup. Um, so, yeah, if they end up dropping to like even as low as like a six or a seven, even like that's tough. Now you're having to play a two or a three seed. Uh, yeah, it, it just huge blow for them. Totally impacts the entire landscape of the Eastern Conference. For sure. And now we'll really see how much Tyrese Maxey can do kind of being by himself because right. you know, once that James Harden trade went down, Maxi really emerged as that guy, and he earned mm -hmm. an all-star nod as a result. Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued to see what, you know, 
if there's any more he can do. I'm intrigued to see if Tobias Harris can really be that second option that he was, you know, on some of the losing teams he was on, if he can kind of recapture some of that magic again. I'm intrigued to see what they do because right now, I think all they have to do is stay afloat. I think mm-hmm. giving some time off might help Embiid in the long run, at least in this season of, you know, getting stuff done in the playoffs because it just seems every year he gets gassed in the playoffs because of injury or just energy wise, and he's not able to do it. I'm intrigued to see if a little bit of time off due to injury might help him in the playoffs. Um, hopefully they maintain, you know, enough to where they'll be in the playoffs at a good spot. But yeah, injuries are never fun. You hate to see injuries for sure. Yeah. Um, and kind of, you know, moving on as we get to the end of the podcast here, um, that's not the only injury. And I'm just going to mention this because, you know, it's not a big factor. But I saw it, and, you know, it's it's semi-big name, so we'll mention it. Zach Levine for the Bulls. Mm-hmm. He's kind of been a, a tweener. Um, what I mean by that is he's not a star per se um that you would say but he's still a really solid player um for the bulls he's gonna be out for the entire year um having surgery on his foot Mm. just missing the rest of the season i know um bulls fans are in a weird spot where they are trying to push the chips in the middle of the table but also not really contending because the team has not been built exactly the right way so, and they've had their injury troubles too. You look at the exactly. ball. Yep. You know? So for it's sure. yeah, really rough. Really rough. They're one of the teams that I like to root for. Um, they they've just they've had a lot of fun teams in the past few years. Um, and they have a solid roster when that roster is healthy. And that is what they haven't had really at all. If you're talking about Lonzo Ball, he's been out for what two years? Two years now, now yeah. Which is just so because I remember when he signed there and DeMar DeRozan's there, and I'm like, wow, that team is going to contend. And it just never happened. And now Zach Levine is injured too. He was already in the like trade rumors for the last, I honestly like the last year. So if, if that ends up being a thing, um, it seems, yeah, it seems honestly maybe likely that we've seen the very last of Zach Levine in a Bulls uniform, which is a totally crazy thing to say, maybe. But I think it's pretty plausible. Um, So it's just, yeah, it's going to be interesting how that shakes out. But, yeah, as you talked about, you hate to see injuries, especially to teams that have had so many injury troubles anyway, um, historically, not even just this season. Um, So, you know, excited to see him back on the court, but uh, unfortunately not going to be this season and maybe not even with the Bulls. Yeah, I think you bring up an interesting point about his future and what it looks like. I know his name, before he got hurt, was floated in trade talks to a number mm-hmm. of different things, one of the one of the teams being the Lakers. Yeah. I'm intrigued to see, you know, with the Bulls, you mentioned the Lonzo Ball issue, um, but just with so many guys, the, the roster construction, like it looked good. It just hasn't come to fruition. So I'm intrigued to see moving forward kind of what they do with some of these pieces, if they can rebalance the way the roster looks and kind of go forward from there. Because DeMar DeRozan, to his credit, has played very well for the Bulls. Mm -hmm. 
totally. as well as you know a couple of other pieces. Kobe White has really emerged. Yeah, um, this year Alex is solid. Caruso has always been uh, good. Caruso has been great. Caruso today. put on a show against the Suns not that long ago. So they still have really good pieces. It's just some of yeah. the ways the team is constructed isn't really working out. So you know we'll see what ends up happening with a Zach Levine. Yeah, um, very curious to see how that turns out. Again, like I said, you wonder what the odds are that we'll see him in a Bulls uniform ever again. I I really don't know. I really don't. Um, but I think uh, two little quick notes. I think before we wrap the podcast. Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, who has done a fantastic job as commissioner of the NBA, gets a contract extension. Um, I think we – I didn't even know that he was up for a contract extension, um, but he deserves it. He has done great things for the NBA. I have nothing but great things to say about Adam Silver. He makes great choices to me, um, which is nice because some leagues don't – have great commissioners and I, I won't name names but if you follow sports at all I'm sure I'm sure you know what I'm talking about um but yeah Adam Silver contract extension enough said he deserves it thoughts yeah the extension is actually going to take him through the end of the decade so it's going to be now for yeah. you know five six years from this point I think it's a good move and I think the mm-hmm. thing the thing about Adam Silver is sometimes you know He'll propose different ideas, whether it's an in-season tournament, whether it's the way, you know, the draft is now moving to two nights. We've talked about different things about the league and we kind of sit there and we're like, oh, I don't know if that's a good move or really that's the direction you want to take it. Like, okay, we'll see about that. And it all turns out to work out, you know, really well and exactly the way he wanted it to. So Kudos to him. He's definitely earned it. He's earned the trust of the fans, I would say. Especially on ideas like the in-season tournament, which at first was like, this is a really dumb idea. But it was so good. It worked out really well. So kudos to Adam Silver. And and the play-in tournament, too. He he makes great decisions, I think, with the league. and yeah, I, I don't have a single complaint about him. I really like him. He's also a huge proponent of the W, which I love. Um, so I don't, I don't have a single complaint. And he's, he's already talked publicly so many times about expanding the league, which needed to happen yesterday. Um, so that's, I guess that's my only complaint. Let, let's get on that. Give Seattle their team back. Come on, let, let's do it. Um, put a team in Vegas. They already have an arena. Come on, let, let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, other than that, he's great. Um, I'm sure we'll see that soon. He already talks about it so much publicly, so it's it's bound to happen. Um, the last little note before we close out the podcast is Mark Gasol officially retires from the game of basketball. Um, I love the Gasol brothers. Um, Mark Gasol was really good towards the end of his career and throughout his whole career. Um, definitely the little brother when it comes to actually and also like resume wise when it comes to the sport of basketball um but nonetheless a great resume um anthony is he a hall of famer see this is a question that i thought was going to end up coming up yeah and uh the answer is no because so I'll, I'll say this um i am a big proponent of make the hall of fame actually hard to get into Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are so many conversations and names that pop up um, for a lot of different sports hall of fames. 
where I can sit here and say, no, that, that no, he does not deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Like, we're just letting every Joe Schmo that we remember in. We're just like, oh, remember Player X? Oh, I loved Player X. Well, like, he won a championship and he, he might have an MVP. Like, yeah, let's put him in. Like, no, um, I have some of his bigger stats. I don't have his number stats, but some of his accolades. Um, he did win the NBA title once. He's a one-time title winner, three all-star teams, and one all-NBA team. No, that's that's not all a famer. Uh, Memphis plans to retire his number 33 jersey, uh, which is really cool. He was huge yeah. for the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of that grit and grind era with Zach Randolph, Tony Allen, and some of those guys. But um, I will say, no, he's not a Hall of Famer. His accolades do not stack up to that at all. Yeah. Three-time NBA All-Star, NBA All-First Team in 2015, second team 2013, Defensive Player of the Year 2013, and then he has a couple of second teams on defensive and then All-Rookie, and then he has some overseas stuff as well. Um, But when you're comparing it to other guys that played at the same time as him, yeah, I, I don't know. what. But what I will say is he will go down as one of the best late draft picks ever. I think that's pretty safe to say he was drafted by the Lakers as the 48th pick in the draft. That's out of 60. I th- maybe maybe it wasn't in 2007. No, it was still 60. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I you know when you get a guy that talented that late in the draft, first of all, props to the Lakers for being able to do that. But also, he played so well throughout his whole career. Was a huge part of that Toronto Raptors championship team in 2019 to get his. I think only finals appearance and also only championship ring. Um, but yeah, solid career. Is it Hall of Fame? It's definitely not first ballot Hall of Fame, but is it Hall of Fame in general? It's arguable. He has a lot of great accolades when it comes to like all NBA and defense player of the year, all rookie team, stuff like that. But I think it depends on what you're looking at when it comes to making the Hall of Fame. And he has he has a ton of accolades, sure, but does he have enough of the ones that count? You know, like uh, he only has one Defense Player of the Year. He has only three All Stars. He only a couple All NBA, uh, one ring. I don't know. It de- it depends on what you consider. And to I think I agree with you. I I don't think he is, but fantastic player. Hundred percent deserves to get his jersey retired by Memphis, and I love that they're doing that as well. Um, but like I said, all the love to the Gasol family. I love those brothers. They were so fun to watch play against each other. Um, one of the best brother combination duos in sports history for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see what, whoever it is that votes for people to get in the hall of fame. I wonder if they will get him there eventually. I guess we'll see. Um, but I guess that is it for the podcast, kind of more of a loaded episode than I was expecting it to be, but we hope you guys enjoyed. Hope you are having a fantastic beginning to your February. Um, thanks for listening uh, and thanks for keeping up with us. Um, follow us on X and Instagram at TFC underscore sports underscore pod. Also follow us individually at Chelsea underscore underscore mend at Anthony Ferrero seven. Um, keep listening to the podcast wherever you listen to the podcast. 
Um, and like I always say, give us recommendations of what you want to hear us talk about, who you want to hear us talk to. We want to have a guest on the podcast. We just haven't done it yet. Um, so let us know on that. Um, we love you guys. Thanks for continuing to listen. And we will see you